welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We We're flipping have it. obtained and are actively giving out the It's heat. a new season, I guess. I suppose. I don't know. Season five. I, it's, this is the first time I've done the intro. Season, so. season five. Yeah. No, tell us what's... Tell, tell the audience what they're in for, Gavin. Oh, today we talk about the movie The Menu. We have some conversations about the Ohio train derailment in, 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 in Palestine. If this is your Palestine. first episode, it's heavier than normal. It's normally a lot more... There's a lot more levity. Not so much with yeah, the Ohio I, train derailment. Shit. But we started out with talking about Jordan Peterson. Uh, just, just, what, what are... Just, oh, just be normal, please, for the love. Just be of God. nice to people, please. Now, Gavin, are there timestamps in the description? There are. What might that there pertain are. to? What? So, what's know, the takeaway with listen, that for the listener? You're listening. You're like this. This heat ain't hot enough. This heat ain't cooking my soup. Can we turn up you the heat go, on this gas stove? Because I'm a real you American. You can go to the different timestamps, and you can go. Oh, this is a spicy meat bun. This is fun. I like this. And uh, you can just be like, yeah, this is this is the heat that I've been looking for that we bring. Look, I will remind you. I will remind the court. We bring. We bring, the we bring let's just the heat. say. Let's just, let's yeah, just leave you know, it at before, that. The basketball team was just called the Miami. And then we showed up. And now they're the Mi- yeah. Miami Heat. We made them who they are. And we're still waiting for our royalty checks. Exactly. This is an injustice. We need uh, justice for bold of you to say. Can we get that trending? Hashtag justice for bold of you to say. Anyway. anyway <laughs> any, we have fun here. We have yeah. fun here. Like and subscribe. We talk about, comment. Uh, wanna, we want to pet Dodo. Clone the Dodo. Justice for hashtag, the Dodo. Hashtag justice for the Dodo. We'll see who cancels who. <laughs> <laughs> We've already won that. No, no. We've yeah, We, we canceled that. the Dodo. The Dodo did not cancel us. Turns out. It turns out By all the Dodos huge are super transphobic. Might I add. Anyway, let's jump into it. So I want to start with a little little moment of zen. Those usually go at the end of a show, but I want to start with this. This is a little, just a little something, a little ditty that I came across the other day. Uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, by his own admission, doesn't know how to not be a misogynist. Um, That's hold on. great. Give me, That's give me awesome. a second. I'll screen share uh, just so you can get the full effect. Let's say you have a non-standard gender identity. Okay, what the hell are other people supposed to do about that? Like, what are the rules here? Right? Not my problem. Because if you're a woman, I kind of know how to treat you. I'm going to do it in a stereotyped way to begin with because I don't know who the hell you are. How so am I'm I supposed use... to know whether to respect you or not if I don't you know, know if really you're a interesting. lady? You know, and you know, I granted I'm not a PhD, but I am um, majoring in communications, which um, I think I ha- might have some info for him. Well, this you're really also cool a thing. functioning adult, which is more than anyone can say about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> what you think I'm functioning? Wow. <laughs> well, you're more That's functioning great. than uh, Jordan's. The sulfides in apple cider took me out for a month, Peterson. Yeah. Anyway, there's a really cool thing that humans can do um, uh, on occasion when we don't know. Uh, kind of how one another functions, and it's uh, what you do is you walk up to them, and and with polite. Can I guess? Can I guess you know, what it is? Uh, let me just get to it because okay. I think you already know. Um, what you do is, um, you come up to them, uh, like a normal person, uh, like any other person, and you, you do go through the niceties of normal human conversation, uh, and then you just uh politely ask them what they how they prefer to be treated. 
Right. Right. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Also, like, why do you need to? Why would someone's gender impact? Keep in mind, we are a third of the way through this video. Why? Why would that impact how you treat them just as a new person you are meeting? Well, and I think what he's getting at is that um, we're so used to like, for better or for worse, we're so used to gendered, gendered norms that like, for instance, chivalry, right? That's just how you treat a lady. Um, but now, I, like, I don't know, like, where he's coming at or attacking the situation from, but, like, you don't have to be chivalrous anymore. Yeah. Right? You don't have yeah, to we've... treat people differently based on their, based on their gender. Granted, there are some, like, medical things. Like, if a, if a, if a woman's pregnant, I'll try to give up my seat so that she can sit right. down because that's just, like, being polite. But if right. they were a trans man or a trans, yeah, if they were a trans man who happened to be pregnant, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a gender thing. It's just like helping someone out with a medical condition. Right. Um, yeah. And also, it's not even just about the utility of conversation. It's also just about being a good person. Yeah. And well, treating- also, like you, like you said, we have grown past like, oh, let me put my coat down over this puddle for you, milady. Well, right. And the thing is, when you if you know someone enough, right? Yeah, you can. You can do stuff like that, I guess. You can treat them the way that you're comfortable with treating other people. Right. I I guess. But this really comes down to the fact that the things that he's squabbling about are things that can be overcome. Yeah, not not even overcome. Just like he seems behind the times in the way that he interacts with just people. I mean... That is if we're taking what he's saying at face value. Like, he is right. just grifting now, so I don't even know to the extent that he, he believes He makes a lot this. of money from this, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, he has a direct financial interest in being, like, the anti-trans, like, climate-denying guy who, like, has a degree for the Daily Wire. Like, that's right. that's his lane, and he's staying in his lane. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think he just... If if this is like actually his beliefs, he just has not progressed to where we are in terms of just interacting with a person. Right. And just I, saying, I, hi, I do how say do too, you do? What's up? You know? Well, I mean, it's just kind of weird to start a conversation with, hi, how are you? What's in your pants? Right. Yeah. No, no. Because it's really none of your business. What are your genitals? Because <laughs> that determines how this conversation how goes. Treat you. That's a when you phrase it like that. It gets kind of weird. Like, gets a little uh, like, yeah, I mean, like, what's your problem? I, I also want to say, like, these niceties, too, of, like, just normal human conversation go both ways, too. So, like, if there's a trans person listening to this, if there's a, a normal cis white person, normal. I don't know what race would have to do with it, but, like... Not a freak like you. Right. I, oh, just oh, kidding. Peace and like love, that. peace and love. Peace and love, peace and love. Um, I mean... The, a lot of people, at least from the community that like I'm in right now, um, haven't seen like trans people. Not saying that they're not here. I'm just saying that like it's just something that's not in the collective community's sure mind. Um, and so like people will slip up. People will accidentally misgender you. People will accidentally. People will have like invasive questions because they just don't know how to handle that kind of situation. So that requires, on behalf of the person who may be trans, uh, a little bit of compassion and grace on their part. 
Sure. But you gotta that. you gotta keep in mind the cultural dynamic that that is present there. You know what I mean? Uh if you could clarify what that means. I I, I would Well I'm like the cis person you... doesn't know shit about trans issues, right? So they right. misgender yeah. someone on accident. The trans mm. person like lives as a trans person in a cisgender world. So there's right. there's not the same like you know, need for understanding, for lack of a better term. You I know, know what I mean? And I'm, what I mean to say is, if it's like in good faith. Sure. Right? If it's, and I, I, I of course, that I can't speak for like every single situation. Yeah. And, um, I, and, I, and I think that, like, that's the general attitude of the community. Like, at least, mm-hmm. you know, from my understanding, from what I've heard, um, you know, write in if you have a different experience. Join the Discord, you know, tell us, tell us, tell us your perspective. But, you know, it's generally understood. Like, yeah, sometimes people will accidentally misgender you. And, you know, like, that's expected. It's understood. At least you're not, you know, one of the people doing it on purpose. But, like, yeah, they kind of get it. It's not, like, in my mind, I differentiate. And granted, this is coming from a straight white guy. So, like, I, I, I... I'm trying to stay out of the Dunning-Kruger effect here um, because there's a lot that I don't know. Um, but, uh, oh God, what was I going to say? Um, 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 yeah. Well, I, well I will add a lot of trans people, you know, being people that grew up in a, in a cishet, you know, heteronormative world. A lot of people grew up with internalized transphobia before they realized right. that they were transgender. Exactly. So they understand um, that perspective I, infinitely more than a cishet person will understand. Of course, uh, the trans right. perspective. I, I, so that's all to say, I, like, you know, I, I don't know if it really needs to be said. You know, understand the the cis person's perspective. And I, I don't want it to. Like, if there's someone who happens to be trans, um, or multiple people, um, uh, I don't want it to come out as as though I'm trying to devalue their experiences because all of your experiences and feelings are valid um uh, what i'm but the point i was trying to make though that i had previously forgotten was that i differentiate what's being asked versus the reason why it's being asked right and so if there's someone who just literally has never seen a trans person yeah right like in the community that i'm 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 in right now like beyond the university kind of lines um, there are a lot of people who just like completely out of their world. Um, and there might be people who don't have hate in their heart, but are legitimately curious uh, as to the complexities of being trans. And though they could Google it, they uh, they just they just like talking to people. Sure. You know, that's just how it is here. Um, and so I like to differentiate. um innocent curiosity versus uh uh biased uh what is it biased conversation sure does that make sense no i get what you're saying um it just kind of goes without saying like right like yeah if you're if you aren't like being like mean-spirited about it like if you're if you're not acting with malice like people get it you know right right now, what Jordan Peterson is doing, I think, what, is making yeah. a lot of unvalid, like not very valid assumptions. No, he is. Um, and he he's is, he really, is squarely. Uh, he is he is positioning himself as uh, just the worst person. 
Well, he's really not distinguishing between like psychology and sociology, you know? And so he's like, he's making inferences what do you mean? on. Well, because psych- psychology is personal. Like, how does an individual react versus sociology, which is how, to, how does a, a group of people react, right? Okay. Or the study of how that dynamic works, right? Um, what I see him doing a lot is taking a lot of sociological um, theories and sociological explanations and applying them to an individual. And though I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really say, but from what I, what I believe that I know, about psychology that can work sometimes but if you're getting to something that's not as well studied as uh as far as i as far as i know not as well studied as uh like tra- like complexities with uh, mental health and being transgendered um i just don't think those rules are a great application sure yeah, no, I think I get what you're saying where he's mixing psychology and sociology where like there are, you know, clear like like there are dynamics like between different genders. Like you can right. study how men and women interact, how like, you know, intersex people interact with the world, like how do they, you know, interpret their own gender, you know, how do different groups interact basically. But he's trying to take that descriptive study and apply it prescriptively to a social interaction in a way that just does not right. make sense. Right. Um, like he's saying, because men have a certain, you know, dynamic around women, I need to know if I should, you know, preemptively disrespect you if you're a woman. You're like, it well, seems like he's thing, trying to say. One thing I see him do a lot um, is he, he will make a factual inference about a sociological phenomenon. And then apply it as though um, if an individual does this, it makes the society worse, which worse has variable definitions. It depends on how you look at it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's looking at it in a very nuanced way, because another thing that he like another Peterson moment from this week is he was like, yeah, Marxists, they just want to tear society down. Like that's their that's their goal. That's just what they want to do. So, like, he has a very black and white hero and villain view of society. Well, you know, what I was trying to get at, though, is that, um, you know, there are things that a collective consciousness, like a community, can understand and work with that doesn't result in, like, uh, like, uh, bad outcomes. You know what I mean? And what I'm trying to get at with that is, is as long as people understand that there are gay people. And they just, they're people who like the same sex, or sometimes they like both sexes. There are trans people. Uh, there are, uh, the, you know, gender can, gender and sexuality can be a spectrum. Um, well, also intersex people exist. Also, and that's, and, yeah. that's a whole other and thing that just does not thing. get talked and, about a lot. And as long as society just like understands that and comes to a sense of like acceptance that that's a thing, that's a thing. And it doesn't mean that you have to treat anyone any differently. Just be aware. Sure. Right. You know, as long as that's mutually understood, um, I don't see an issue with like even if um, I forgot my train of thought now. But well, we should we just, should get through the, some happy. more of this clip. Let people be happy is my point. Yeah, you know, low resolution approximations, and those are going to be stereotypes. They're no different than categories. And then when I get to know you, I'll particularize it. 
But if I don't know whether you're male or female, what the hell should I do with you? You don't know because you don't know what the rules are. And so the simplest thing for me to do is just not do anything with you. The simplest thing for me to do is go find someone else who's a hell of a lot less trouble. Oh no, what a horrible thing for this person to miss out on. Oh no, Jordan Peterson won't talk to you. What a shame. It's almost like he doesn't understand that the human brain is like built to adapt. It's built to to go into different situations and find out what works and what doesn't work um, so that we can function as a society. Right. And I I want to, I want to get through the last like 10 seconds of this and then, and then I'll, then I'll give my little, my little piece by the social norms enough so that they don't present a mass of indeterminate confusion on immediate confrontation. And then, you know, and that's, that's where the clip just cuts off. Um, but yeah, his whole argument, well, I'll, I'll sum it up first. So he's saying that if you are not visibly binarily male or female presenting, then he doesn't know what the hell to do with you in, in his words. Just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. Just say, hi, how are you? But his, his argument kind of falls apart when you consider that like, I don't know what I look like to strangers, but I like to think I'm fairly male presenting. I mean, I'm male presenting, but a lot of people just assume I'm gay. Right. Well, yeah, that's Which, a, that's a separate thing. Yeah. But I'm not into sports. I'm not a car guy. I I'm not into a, a you know a few different stereotypically masculine things. Uh, does that make me less of a man? Maybe he would say yes, but if it's a binary like he wants it to be, then, you know, if you're one or the other, then what is he supposed to prescriptively like, you know, project some archetype onto me? Am I is he supposed to expect to like be like, hey, how is the fucking how is the fucking football? How is how was how is football going? Or like, you know, how about how about these carburetors? And then turkeys like, is that, is that the only way he knows how to interact with people? Or if he's talking to women, he's, what is he like fucking, uh, bobby pins. Am I right? Like one, that seems like a shallow way to interact with people. And two, like not everyone's into every thing associated with their gender. So even if you're talking to a cisgender person who is like just flat out male presenting, fucking lumberjack looking dude like if he's not into right, cars but, or if he's not into sports like is that is that not a man those are but also traditionally just, masculine things how, how do these things like even have genders i don't that's how we get all in right. cahoots about m&ms it's right. fucking also, chocolate yeah there's like a lot chocolate. of women that are more into cars and sports than i am are those men no no i i don't know i how what, what do they think what do they think what do they think I don't I think what they think. What do you think you are? Cool. Okay. Let me know if that changes so I can treat you like you want to be treated. Like, how is that difficult? (laughs) How is that, like, how is that? Look, my, my, my whole thing with this is just be normal. Just be nice to people. That's, that's my whole thing. Just be, just be normal. Just be a pleasant person to be around. Treat people as you would want to be treated. Right. Yeah. Why the golden rule? Yeah. Why why does it make a difference? 
Which is actually funny because I actually, you know, I want to be treated disrespectfully. So I'm, I go around, um, you know, just fucking flipping people off and. That's great. And peeing in their coffee and <laughs> fucking. Turns out all dogs. you had to do all along was just be female presenting in front of Jordan Peterson. I guess so. I guess, I guess so. that's his line. Or like the way that I navigate the world. In a, in a social sense, if I'm meeting a new person, I mean, one, I'll usually know something about them because we're at some kind of event together or we're, you know, for whatever reason, we like we're we have at least something in common because we're both fucking there. Right. Right. So we have no, no, let's rephrase of. that. We're not both mutually fucking there. No, we're both it's, mutually fuck. You know, when I meet people oh. at the local orgies. Um, like okay. I know at least something about them, but even if I'm meeting someone who's a complete blank slate, like you know on what Bumble you do or something, hmm? you know, like on Bumble or something, you know, right? Like if you're meeting someone from scratch, uh, you know how you uh, fix the fact that you don't know anything about them? Talk to them. You talk to them. You ask them about themselves. Tell them about yourself, because relying on gender stereotypes is a weird and bad way to navigate social settings. And that's, uh, that's, 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 that's what's up with that. That's the, that's the whole segment. All right. Agreed. All right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Anyway, this fucking train. Oh God. Oh fuck. Oh, this, uh, the world is ending in front of our very eyes. Society is, cr- is fucking crumbling. Anyway, Gavin, I don't know if you ended up finishing the videos that I sent you. I finished the one video, um, the 21 minute one. Okay. Which one was that? Was that the, uh, Kyle Kalinske just talking about how they're lying? Oh yeah. Yeah. So from the top, I will recommend, uh, two videos specifically from Kyle Kalinske, secular talk on YouTube, um, about the train derailment situation backing up if you don't know if you've been living under a rock or if if, i don't know if you're making your way through the back catalog recently a train was derailed in east palestine ohio and side note i really think they started saying palestine just because they wanted to separate themselves from palestine because the first thing that i saw with this was oh shit something is happening in palestine and i was like yeah 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 um but no, this is a domestic, ecological, and societal disaster. Um, but anyway, Kyle Kolinsky has been doing really good coverage of this. Um, you know, uh, he interviewed David Sirota. That's one of the clips. Uh, but link in the description for these. Uh, David Sirota has been doing a lot of great coverage on it. The, uh, the you know, new media people, independent media, has been doing a great job covering this. Uh, especially in comparison to you know the mainstream corporate media because they've just been kind of doing a lot of surface level analysis of this. Uh, Gavin, are you are you, uh, you listening for something? Yeah, something's happened in the hall. Oh no! Is it a? I just thought I heard some shit going down, but okay. I, I, people are laughing now, so I I don't know. Okay, so one of the clips is uh, it, it's from the interview with David Sirota talking about the uh, the clear line that can be drawn from you know corruption in in our government when it comes to like regulations yada yada so on and so on mm-hmm. leading up to the train derailment there's a clear line that can be drawn there and that's one of the clips the other one talks about you know the the government's response and how it's been 
you know, kind of dismissive. They've do, been doing a lot of like, you know, sweeping it under the rug, that kind of thing. So before we get into it, that's, you know, a, a big part of, of, uh, of, of, of what we're, what we're talking about with this. Of these turkeys. These turkeys. Look at these turkeys. Look at the turkeys linked in the description. Right. Um, so yeah, first of all, there's a clear line, uh, like I mentioned, that could be drawn between the, you know, the, the corruption in our government, basically the industry controlling how the industry is regulated. Uh, there's a clear line that can be drawn from that to the train derailment. So, um, this is something that they've been talking about. So in the Obama era, uh, like 2015, there was a new proposed regulation that would, uh, it would make it so the train companies have to upgrade their brakes from what is, you know, technology dating back to the civil war, upgrading to a new electronic braking system, something that the, the rail companies have been, you know, championing up until, the moment the government was like, hey, maybe they should actually have these. Then they were like, no, fuck this. Fuck these brakes. Can't. It's 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 too, it's too cost too much. We'd make less profit. Yeah, we, we would make less turkeys. Yeah. And uh, it was repealed in the Trump era. So that rule just doesn't exist anymore. And it would have, you know, certainly helped in this situation. It wouldn't have been as disastrous from my understanding. Um, and, uh, the current administration just has not done anything to bring back that rule or to expand upon it or to expand current rules more on that later. But the thing is like the, the initial regulation, even when it was going to be in effect was neutered by the industry, the chemical industry specifically, uh, lobbied against the, uh, the, some of the, you know, the provisions of the regulation part of it had to do with how certain chemicals are classified. So there are some chemicals that are classified as high hazard flammable materials, which uh, basically means if it crashes, there's going to be a big fire and it's, it's going to be disastrous very much like what happened here. Uh, But then they drew a distinction between flammable materials and combustible materials and I believe the chemicals that are that were on the train that got derailed were classified as, you know, like combustible. So that's why city officials weren't informed that the train was coming. There were less regulations around it. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think that train would not have been covered under the break rule. But I'm not yeah, I'm not so sure on it, that specifically. It, it turns out that Alex has said that they weren't sure about if that was covered under the rule, um, just want to quote him on that. Um, no, no, I said, don't quote me on that. No. <laughs> oh, you found my one weakness. It's being quoted. <laughs> oh no. But yeah, that's, that's all to say. Um, the industry just, they were like, Hey, this, this is, it would actually be more expensive to operate safely. So please don't make us do that. And then the Obama administration was like, okay, even though like, I forget what exactly, like, which board it was, but, like, one of the environmental fucking whatever boards was like, hey, you really should broaden what chemicals classify as, you know, should, you know, should fall under this regulation. The industry was like, no, make it just oil and ethanol. Um, but well, then it does, I, doesn't matter I, I anyway because it was repealed under the Trump administration uh, mm-hmm. because they hate you. Well, okay. So my only 
idea of why that would be even on the menu for like like broadening classifications is because many chemicals have known uh effects and functions that are for a specific field and so information just isn't known for how those chemicals will interact with the environment sure well we do know vinyl chloride was like the main right. chemical on this train and we do yeah, know right that it's a highly dangerous carcinogen. It causes cancer if it is released into the environment right. as it has been. Right. right. Um, but I don't, of course, with as it pertains to this in particular uh, situation, I don't, I don't know what specifically was released. But I understand to an extent why they would say broaden this because we, with some things, it's like uh, we don't actually know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I fully agree that the. Uh, if the regulation was going to be in place, which is isn't now, um, right. if it was going to be in place, yeah, they should broaden what falls under, you know, this certain classification of, you know, hazardous materials. Right. Because it's a it's a lot of stuff like the stuff that they were like, hey, don't it shouldn't fall under it. The, the industry types that stuff that still is dangerous may not fit right. like a strict list of criteria like, you know, it's it's not flammable. It's combustible. It's the same fucking thing. You just drew an arbitrary distinction. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Um, so, I, I'm only drawing from my knowledge on, like, rocket fuel, so this might not be completely applicable. Right, but, like, I, I, know, I, I realize there's, like, technical differences between something that's flammable and something that's combustible. Like, I realize. Because. But like, w- if it crashes on a train, like, it's the same impact. Like, they're both Not bad. necessarily. So. If it crashes on a train, some chemicals become, after being combusted or, or put into flame, um, go into the atmosphere and are sometimes more or less dangerous, depending on how they combusted. Um, and then some chemicals just merge together to make a new substance, but release a lot of energy in the form of heat, which I think is the definition of co- combusting, but I, I'm not a chemist, so I don't really know. Um and so that is kind of the difference between like hypergolic. That's what like a hypergolic fuel is two chemicals that combust together to make a new thing, but also sure. release more energy. Well, my point is they're um, both dangerous. You, and you don't want thing, either one on a crashing always, train. Not always. Like if it was just baking soda and vinegar, which it wasn't, but yeah, like, but they're not hauling like, baking soda and vinegar. I know they're not, but I'm just saying if it was something an analog like that, I. Anyway, it's not, though, and it seems that people are having issues, and I think those issues should be addressed by the federal government. Right, yeah. No, like, right. my, my point is, if you're hauling vinyl chloride, and it's combustible but not flammable, or vice versa, I don't remember which one it is, but, like, you, you don't want it crashing, because it is, like, it, as it is right now, it's gotten into the air, it's gotten into the water, animals are dropping dead in East Palestine, in the surrounding area, people are getting sick. Like it's, it's just bad. And right. I, I like it's, it's bad to deregulate it just because it doesn't fall under one criteria or another. Right. Right. So um, that's all to say, yeah, they should have expanded the, the, the definition. Exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, a lot of like the mainstream coverage, like if they do talk about the history of this regulation, they talk about how it was 
you know, it, it, it was proposed in the Obama era and then it was repealed in the Trump era. Um, and that's kind of the extent of it from what I've seen. But I, I kind of want to put a little blame on on the current administration because they haven't really done anything to, you know, reinstate the past rules, enforce well, current right. rules, expand and current rules. I, I agree with that in the sense that um, it's the respo- it was the responsibility of the uh, it was the Trump and Obama era responsibility to that that was to instate that and then Trump's responsible for repealing that. But Biden is currently responsible for acting. Yeah, he is the president. Bad happens. Yeah, and I'm gonna so, I'm gonna get to it later, but he's tweeting like he's not the president. Mm. But yeah, I would say even before this particular crash, given that there are crashes that happen every day. They're not as dangerous as this one, but they still happen. Yeah. Given the history of 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 how you know that has been, you know how hazardous it's been. I would say like one of the top priorities going into into office is like, hey, now that we're in power, maybe we put this regulation back into place. We should well, expand you know it so it covers more things. We want to keep you, people safe. You know what's ironic too? I saw this. Okay, and please don't judge me. I'm gonna judge you. Is it? Did, were you watching YouTube Shorts again? God damn it, Gavin. It's watching YouTube shorts and um they were talking about how they're like Biden doesn't care about They were like Biden don't care about Palestine tech or Palestine Ohio. Trump do he he visited it. He visited it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know this whole reason this whole thing is a problem because Trump deregulated everything, right? It is still an optical win for him and I do want to get to that later. Like that's the reason this is a problem to begin with is because Trump was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. No, dude, he hates so, you. If you're a regular person listening to this, if you're not like a billionaire, he hates you. If you're not and like if you are not the industry, he hates you. Right. Um, if you're not Saudi Arabia, he hates you. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I think a lot of blame lies on the current administration for not putting right. these regulations back into place because you are you're the president and like people did you are the secretary of transportation the, yeah you are the person with authority to regulate mm-hmm. transportation like you are the per- like no one else has the power that you have um but yeah i, I strongly recommend talk or uh, listening to the david sirota interview uh on crystal kyle and friends or at least watching the clip um because he brings this up the Biden administration they haven't really done they haven't made any publicly known effort to reintroduce the rules that were repealed or to use executive authority to expand current regulations and the dot hasn't you know proposed any new rules and i was not able to find a source on this before recording but apparently on their docket right now is uh, a rule to like relax current regulations on brake testing which is the worst possible response to a train derailment that is partially the result of the civil war era brakes that they're using she fuck fuck. god damn it um sorry i'm just reading through my next notes, um, lack of regulation led to the trains not being classified. It's high hazard material, flammable. Um, okay, yeah, I already covered that point. Um, but 
yeah, uh, one point that I want to make is, uh, you know, Republicans are bad. Vote against them, obviously, goes without saying. Fucking vote. Vote for Democrats, if for nothing else, just for damage control, just because they're less bad. It's bad when they market themselves on that. But just speaking as a, a normal person, just, oh, God. Oh, Democrats, just, oh. we're not good. We're just better. Uh, they're less worse. They're, oh, why, oh, why, why are those our two options? But if you're voting in a primary, I would say you, you have a lot better choices depending on who's running. But yeah, if you're voting in the Democratic primary, vote for the, the leftist slash progressive, you know, slash whatever, whatever you label you want to put on it. Vote for that candidate because even if you don't believe or even if you don't agree with them, like they're just they're not going to side with corporations over you. And I think that's really important because this is a result of politicians siding with corporations over people. And uh, all right, we're we're getting we're getting to the part where I trash Pete Buttigieg. I rip him a new a hole. Um, so trigger warning for that. Uh, but yeah, he's a corporate stooge um, and he seems to just care about his career. Um, his response and the the response of the administration at large has ranged from weird to dismissive. And I have a clip that I want to play. Uh, this I file under the weird. Let me share my screen real quick. Um, so before we watch this, um, I will say this reporter that post this that that posted this video seems to be a right wing hack working for a right white right wing hack network. So you know, take this with a grain of salt. Not a great reporter, not a great person, it would seem. But just this interaction alone, just be just it's just a reporter talking to a politician. Um, I I I, I kind of side with this reporter here. So anyway, um, it's captioned. This is on Twitter from Jenny Tear. Um, uh, she tweeted, "I asked Secretary Buttigieg about the crisis in East Palestine, and I guess he didn't like that, so he took a pic of me. I'm just doing my job, sir." At Daily Caller, that's the network she works for. Doesn't seem to be a great outlet. Um, but anyway, let's, let's Jamie roll a clip. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Good. Jenny Tear at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today, and uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure to reach out to our press office, but I'll have that conversation with you. Just walk you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press, because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time, and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Yeah, I don't know why he asked to take a photo of her at the end. That's weird. I'm going to move on from that. But um, yeah, first of all, just just give a talking point. All she's really looking for is just just a talking point. If you've been giving interviews all day, which I get you're tired of, just give a talking point. Uh, secondly, I feel like if you are the transportation secretary and someone is asking you about a train derailment, which is kind of your fault for not regulating the industry, I, I kind of feel like you don't 
get, you know, personal time, quote unquote, when you are actively trying to put out a fire metaphorically and literally. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's if you want to be able to be like, fuck off, I'm not working right now. Get a regular job. Like you asked to be the transportation secretary. He was offered the position of, uh, fuck, I forget which. It was like something involving like the treasury or something. Not the treasury, but it was something. It was like uh, budget management. He was offered that position, but he was like, no, I want to be the transportation secretary. Fucking do your job. At least give a talking point, which is all that you have to do in this situation. But uh, I mentioned earlier. I, I I wanted to get to this. He's beyond like the policy failures here. He's just giving ammo to conservatives in a you know in like the rhetorical battlefield because he's not adequately responding. It took him ten days to say anything. It took him ten days to say even just it happened and it was bad. For ten days he was just going around like yeah you know a lot of construction workers are white probably do something about that yeah that's a valid issue that's a whole separate thing um but maybe don't talk about that instead of the train derailment you didn't even give a thoughts and prayers like you mentioned earlier trump went there he was like handing out maga hats at a mcdonald's just shameless self-promotion but at least that's something at least he's there we are now just about three weeks out from the incident Tomorrow you know, marks and, three okay. weeks, and he's just now being like, yeah, I'll go down there. So, you know, I, I know you just said, like, at least it's something Trump's doing something. Well, but I mean, like, optically, Trump, like policy. I mean, he's not he's not yeah. helping the situation, but at least no. he's there. That's what matters to a lot of people. And I get that. But like, I just. um, <coughs> God, I inhaled my own spit. Oh, I hate wow. that. <coughs> Right when I was trying to make a point too, God damn it! I think that was um, God sending you a sign. I don't, I don't think know. there is a God. I don't know what it was. Um, Lord works in mysterious ways. I don't know. I just to me, it's like Trump kind of caused this. So right, no, you are absolutely right. But what matters to a lot of voters is that he was there. Yeah, that he was there. And like, just do the bare minimum. Just go there. Be like, hey guys, this 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 sucks. This uh. Oh, God, this is bad. Oh, this sucks. But he didn't even do that. He didn't even do that bare minimum thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Joe Biden is tweeting like he is not the president. Uh, this is from, hold on, it's loading, uh, from February 21st, just a couple days ago. Um, this is part of a whole thread. But he said, rail companies have spent millions of dollars to oppose common sense safety regulations, and it's worked. This is more than a train derailment or a toxic waste spill. It's years of opposition to safety measures coming home to roost. My brother in Christ, you are the president. My brother in Christ, you were the vice president when the regulation was originally proposed and then gutted. It was gutted during the Trump administration. He wasn't. No, what I mean is like vice president then. No, it was it was reduced a lot under Obama. Like it was proposed. What would have? Well, what what would Joe Biden have done as vice president to prevent that from being gutted? I don't know what he could have done, like on paper with his authority as the vice president, 
But like he was there, he was part of it. You know, he didn't even so much as say like, "Hey guys, this uh, this sucks." I mean, but this part of it sucks. implies that he has some sort of authority. Really, all the vice president does is like kind of look over the well, Senate. Look, Gavin, like you have a missions. lot of like unofficial, like you have a lot of clout basically when you're the vice president. You can at the very least publicly say, "Hey guys, this this regulation should be strengthened." At least, like, make it known that you're like, hey, this this sucks. This look at these turkeys. These turkeys are gutting this regulation. But he didn't even do that. that. He just he just kind of went along. Says though, Hmm? isn't that what that tweet says though? No, this is now. But he he didn't even so much as pay lip service to the idea that the regulations should be stronger when they were being written. Do you think the people who would have viewed that tweet would have been like, oh yeah, I remember that. Gavin, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think, I think you're missing my point. Like, he was. I mean, I think he, you're he making. Had... You're, I think, I think you're making the the assumption that if you, even if people saw that he was like, oh, because of this act being deregulated, this is what the result was, and I'm sorry that happened. I don't think people would know what the fuck he's talking about. Look, my point is really just he was in a position of power back then. And he just kind of went along with it. That's not as important as the fact that he is now the president. And he hasn't used any of his power that he currently has to, to like fix the situation. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. But my understanding is, is he has some fucking authority as the president. Some executive authority to expand current regulations, propose new regulations, write to his buddy that Mayor Pete. have to pass through... He would have to pass that through Congress and Senate. Gavin, not everything has to pass through Congress. There is some executive authority to expand regulations, to set new regulations. Like I'm going to get to, Pete Buttigieg has, like like I said earlier, he has the sole authority to regulate the rail industry. Are you looking it up? You're looking well, up I'm right just now? looking up because I, I agree with you, but I just like don't there know is... what the definition of authority in the transportation secretary's case means. Does that mean he can just shut down the rail system until something's done? Does that mean that he can just push through policy? My understanding um, is he can set regulations. Policy. Okay, because there's a difference between regulation and policy, which is that regulation is legally binding. Policy is just what they do. Sure. Right. Well, my understanding so, is that he has... The authority, he has more authority than anyone to set regulations and to say, hey, you got to use these new brakes. Hey, this, you know, this chemical is classified as, you know, flammable, combustible, whatever. Like there is some executive authority that can be exercised and none of it is being used. Are you looking it up? What are you what are you finding? What are you finding? Just what exactly the transportation secretary can do. So. Uh, the transportation secretary formulates national transportation policy, prepares needed transportation legislation, helps negotiate and implement in, uh, international transportation agreements, assures the fitness of the U.S. airlines, and enforces airline consumer protection regulations. Um, yeah. So, hang on a second. Prepares needed legislation, helps negotiate... None of this is like also has the authority to shut down shit if needs if need be. Well, that's also a bullet point list that you found on Google. It's from the transportation. It's from www.transportation.gov. Well, still, it's like a bullet point list. I don't like it's it's not really that detailed. Um, but my understanding and, you know, 
anyone that knows you know more correct me if i'm wrong but the transportation the secretary of transportation sets regulations for industries related to transportation i don't think i'm out of line saying that well he so when you say that he he helps prepare needed transportation legislation prepare he doesn't draft it he helps negotiate and implement international transportation stuff formulates national transportation policy which is different from legislation um so he could go there and say hey i'm sorry this sucks but in terms of what he could actually do besides implement policy um which granted you're right i think he should be like hey this there needs to be better policy with regards to tra- uh, with with the rail system um they could get fema involved yeah at least through the executive branch. But I think from what I heard, Biden reached out to the, to the governor of Ohio was like, do you, what do you need? What do you need help? And the governor of Ohio was like, no, fuck off. Sure. I don't, I don't know about that specifically. So, um, I just, a lot of this is, is like, I get it. Like you, uh, you would hope that the federal government could do more about this. Um, yeah, well, I don't, it it seems like neither of us knows the particulars of what exactly he can do. All I'm saying is he can do something instead of nothing. He can do something within his power as the transportation secretary and the president can do something as the president, the head of the executive branch. I would say get FEMA involved with the, the, the thing is though, you can't just send FEMA to a state and have them do stuff. You have to get authorization from the state government as well. So if the state government's like, no, I don't want that. You, Yeah. And I don't know about that particular instance. I, I don't know about that. This is part of why I wanted you to watch that segment because David Sirota has been covering this. He's a, he's a journalist that has been like on the beat about this. And I'm just kind of putting together what I've been able to find. So I'm not really an expert on this. Like, I'm just saying, like, they have the power to do something and they've done nothing. They do. And and that's um, that's I, that's I one think... of the the criticisms I've had about the Democratic Party at large mm-hmm. is they well, always I... just pass the buck. It's always, oh, I don't have the power to do this. It's, you know, someone else has to do something. We got to pass legislation through Congress. I have a hard time believing that you have to pass every single action the government does through Congress. Uh, at least through the budget, but like, anyway, what, um, this is why I like our conversations. Cause I think th- from my point of view, I, th- I feel like you assume the government can do more than what it can do. And I think I assume the government can do way less than it can do. Yeah. I mean, I don't, all I think is the government can do something right. Like that's, that's where I'm coming from with this. They can do something. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know enough to say what, in particular they should do they should just do something they have the power to either craft new regulations propose new legislation expand current rules but they, they just but that they just don't doesn't do happen like overnight that takes months well a big part of my criticism in this particular situation is they should have done it already like day one as the transportation secretary you should be like, especially when it was repealed in the last administration and it was proposed in the administration before, like you should just automatically assume like, Oh yeah, I should go and put this rule back in place at minimum. 
and better yet, expand upon it. Make it as it was supposed to be with like the broader, you know, with the broader scope, with the broader protections. Okay. Like that's just something that should have been done already, but they just kind of didn't for whatever reason, one reason or another, whether, whether you want to chalk it up to corruption, laziness, incompetence, whatever. But for whatever reason, they didn't do that. And now it's just too late, frankly. Like this town is fucked. Like the people there, the people within, I don't, I don't know what exactly the radius is, but I know the radius it covers Ann Arbor and the Metro Detroit area. So where I live, but there's a radius where the water is just probably going to be poisoned. And like, it's pre people are probably just going to get cancer from this. It's going to be like the burn pit victims. It's going to be like the first responders on nine 11, how maybe it, maybe it doesn't manifest right away, but there are people that, you know, because of this instant incident are going to have long-term health problems. Right. And it's too late. Anything that they do now is too little, too late. But if it stops the next train derailment or if it stops the next crash, whatever it is, that's something at least. Um, but my final point and like my, you know, I, I don't know what you want to call it. My like, solution i guess like if i was fucking ruler of the world or whatever like i say just just nationalize the rail industry like why not why do we let this industry be a for-profit venture that like only a few people reap the benefits of and make decisions over ultimately because like you know the government can regulate you know they can say hey you know use these breaks or don't we don't care um but the people ultimately making the decisions day to day are people looking to make a profit. They're people that aren't accountable to us. So why why do we let that happen? Why don't we just fold it in as a government service? I, I don't, because I don't, the government regulates, it doesn't absorb. Right. But that's just the argument there is just we don't, so we won't. Like, I don't see a good well, reason not to nationalize the industry. Because it's as, it is just it a monopoly, right now, like a duopoly. Like there are right. very few companies I mean, operating. I I think because well, that has to go through a whole government thing to determine if it is a monopoly. Um, I, I, I don't know all the facts about that either, but it's a process. And yeah, all well, I really like have I, to say about it is that like there's nothing inherently illegal that the rail system is doing. Well, that's the problem, right? And I, I guess I'm somewhere between there needs to be stricter regulation on this and some form of department to deal with strictly just like rail services as it is, but short of nationalizing it. I say just go the next step and nationalize it. Like I don't I have not seen a really compelling argument against it other than that's just not what we do here. Like, by the principle of it, I don't think it's right for a very small group of people to profit off of something that we all need as a nation, something that matters for national security. Like it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense that we let a few people profit off of that. And it just, the, privati the privatized system that we have now just leads to less safe outcomes. Like, the rail industry, like, the, the, the private owners were the people that were lobbying to 
basically not uh, increase their staffing. They want to cut the staffs on the trains as it is, as it is. They have like two, maybe three people running these trains and they want to cut it to one just just as a cost cutting measure. That's a consequence of it being a for profit venture. And, you know, cutting costs is fine for some businesses, but not ones that we need as a nation to function. And the industry are there the people that want less safe trains. They just don't want trains to be as safe because it costs more to make them more safe. And I don't think that's right. And uh, that was another criticism I had of Joe Biden that I, that I wanted to make in the segment. He's the guy that sided with the industry when the workers were, neg- were negotiating their contracts. The workers wanted better conditions. They wanted more safety. They wanted like better, you know, like breaks and everything like the breaks. That was a one, uh, one of the things they wanted. They want more people running these trains so they can be run safely. And of course, they wanted, you know, the higher pay, more sick days. And Joe Biden just said, just sided with the industry and was like, no, actually, you guys don't get any of that. And I don't, I don't think that was right. I don't think that was a good move. And now we're reaping the, the costs of that. We're, 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 you know, witnessing the outcome of that situation. But yeah, I mean, even, even if you're, even if you don't want to nationalize it, like even short of that, at least regulate it more, like you said, but also I think it's another reason why we need to get money out of politics because that's the whole reason that the, the, you know, the regulations get gutted. It's not really an ideological thing. It's just the industry says we don't want this, this rule, whatever it may be. And the government is like, okay, that's fine. I guess whatever's good for you is, is good for us. But yeah, if I could speak on behalf of the government, I would say she, she, but yeah, anyway, you got any final points to make before we uh, move on to whatever movie we watched this week? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a horrible situation. And there are so many things that can be done about it that just aren't. And it's horrible to watch. Um, a lot of people, myself included, have somehow less faith in our institutions after this. As if it could go any lower. But yeah, it could have been such a slam dunk if, like, you know, Pete Buttigieg went into his position as the transportation secretary and he was like, hey, we're going to make airlines better. We're going to increase regulations. We're going to enforce current regulations. We're going to make it so they can't rip you off. And with trains, we're going to make them safer. There's going to be less crashes and all that. It could have been just like a slam dunk thing. And it could have been he could have even saved it with this train derailment if he went in like, yeah, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this regulation. We're going to you know expand this rule, whatever. But like the most that I've seen him do is say, yeah, there should be stronger regulations, but he hasn't really done anything concrete. He hasn't even said what policies he would like to enact. But yeah, just just they they could have done something and stop tweeting like you're not the president. Joe Biden. Maybe he just doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know he's the president. Maybe he's like, ah, I like tapioca pudding. Look at these turkeys. Anyway, we watched a movie this week. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. With Chef Voldemort. Chef Voldemort. So this was one that you recommended. 
Now, right. I, I was curious, had you seen this before suggesting it for the show or had you just like seen like a trailer or something? I've seen, uh, you can blame YouTube shorts for this one. Oh, God. Um, I oh. saw clips of it. And so I was like, oh, this is actually kind of an interesting premise. Uh. Um, especially because like usually clips on YouTube shorts, I'm like, yeah, whatever, take it with a grain of salt. But this had like the dude who played Voldemort in it. Yeah. And I was like, he's a good actor. Is, he's a damn good actor. He's a damn good actor. Um, and so I was like, uh, shit, this is, this is real. What is this? And it's the menu. And I was like, Oh, and then I was like, I should watch this. And then I was like, wait, I do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> where we do exactly this. Yeah. Well, I had seen like, oh, this is this is coming out. People like it. Uh, I I kind of just thought it looked a little pretentious. I thought it was going to be another one of those like A twenty four or what is it? A twenty four. What is that one? Yeah. Yeah. No, they make good movies, but they kind of have a reputation of of making movies that are like, oh, look at this, look at this society. Oh, oh, we live in such a society. Um, that's kind of what I expected this to be. Um, but no, it was really good. It, it did a really good job, you know, putting out the message that it wanted to put out, critiquing the, you know, things that it wanted to critique. Um, yeah, I was, I kind of expected it to be kind of like a slog, kind of like, okay, yeah, this is kind of artsy. Yeah, I get it. Whatever. And it was like, it had a lot, a lot of like artsy elements to it, but I think it really worked for what it was trying to go for. It was trying to go for you this, know, like mimicking, mimicking, like high end food network type shit. You know, with like the shots like of the how, food and stuff. Well, I like how it kind of leaned into that with how some of the characters were. Were that mm-hmm. one, uh, uh, Tyler, t- Tyler, 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 yeah. Tyler was like, was all like, oh, it's like, it's like the, the edge of death. It's immediately yeah. death. I wanted to say, like the type of guy, the type of guy that that character exists to make fun of, is kind. It, I well, I was gonna say it's us, but it's mostly me. But just when it comes to like movies. Like watching this, I right. was like, "Ooh, I like what they did with this," and oh, the oh, the characterization is so great. Oh, I'm I'm him. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. I'm doing the thing that he's doing with the I'm food. Doing the thing. Oh shit. Um, but oh, I, I'm I go liked kill how myself. it was like that, and I was like, I swear to God, if it's gonna be like just that, like, like oh, je ne sais quoi, if this marshmallow yeah. is but no, amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's making fun of that kind of pretentious, like you know, weekend end, warrior like, shit. At the end of the day, we're just like, he's a shitty cook. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's just the kind of like armchair expert guy. Like that's, that's kind of his whole thing. And I love that. I love like, I love how it makes fun of different types of pretentious food people. Like people that would go to this restaurant. Like you got the guy With that's the knowledge like, that they have. Yeah. You, like you got the guy that's like, Oh, I love, I love this chef. I love fancy food. Even though I can't fucking cook, I I I convince myself that I taste ooh the the bubbles and the caviar. Oh, it's so good. Oh, this very tiny portion is so. Oh, it's oh this is some good food. And then you got the people like the the hedge fund dudes that are just there as a status thing. You know right. they're like oh right. oh this place is, this place cost eleven thousand dollars to go to. Oh oh this food kind of sucks, but at least we get to say we we went here. Right. And then you got the guy, well, I'll mention the old couple. The old couple, they're also kind of there as a status thing. 
they're like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. But it's we're almost rich like people. it's expected. Right. Yeah. I was going to say this. Like, this is just what we do. We're rich people. We're old. We go to fancy restaurants. But then later on, like Chef Voldemort is like, name one item you have had here. The guy's like, oh, the, oh, the, 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 the cod question mark. And it wasn't even him. It and was it, his wife. Who it was, was like, his wife that said that. And it wasn't cod. cod. It wasn't cod. It was halibut. It was halibut. And then then you get the guy that's like just kind of trying to impress people. Like he's just a bullshit artist. He's like, right. yeah, I know the chef. Yeah, I, 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 know. I got connections. I got us into here. Even though he's yeah. just kind of a nothing person. Right. He had, he had, he did. And I love that he was invited because the chef saw his movie on his day off and oh, was so. I forgot about that disgusted he was with so how disappointed bad the film with how bad the film was that was he like, decided is, to i had the one my one day off in two months i went to see your movie i think it was like in two years in two, the oh first god. day off oh god yes i took my one day off to see your movie and he's like oh my god thank you so much and it was the worst thing i have Fucking ever seen thing. i wish so i could have unseen that movie I love that. I love that so much. That's great. But I also it's such like, a petty thing too. Oh, it is. I love how petty everything about this movie is. I love like right. they. Uh, it's like the the whole the reason that everything happens in this movie is just because the chef is pissed off that he has to cook right. for rich assholes. So These he orchestrates this whole like this whole menu thing where everyone kills themselves, and then it all ends right. with everyone getting roasted like a marshmallow. Just well, out I of like pettiness. How, it's weird how at the end they're almost like accepting of their fate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you kind of got to be accepting of it or else you'll like or else you'll be crazy. You'll you'll drive yourself crazy like, "Oh fuck, I got to right. get out of here, but I can't." Right. Yeah. Um but so, I lo- I I like that the chef himself isn't immune from the criticism being doled out cuz mm-hmm. he is you know, it, it happens mostly at the end, but he is also corrupted like he, he like the people there their like food taste is corrupted if you will but his like you know his artistic spirit as a chef if you will is also corrupted partly through his own you know mental development partly through his environment right right but you know he's not immune from criticism exactly and i like that um i thought that was good too i i really liked how um the last meal he made was a burger. That was pretty cool. It I made like me hungry that. for a fucking burger. Oh my god! Let I was me, like, oh, that. Let me say, I have since watching this twice. I have, and the second time was a lot better because I actually had American cheese. But I, I made that burger, and it was so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't make. I didn't cook it with the onions partially because I forgot there were onions on it, and also I don't like onions. But dude, that was oh. Like I normally cook them like a different way, but I was like, okay, yeah. let's let's see how he does it. Okay, he smashes the thing. Okay, yeah, whatever. Like, cool. And then he, he puts the Let American the cheese, cheese on drip it. and burn a little bit. I'm normally a provolone guy, but a a, ha- a hamburger with American cheese. That oh it, oh, it's so good. That is all to say, have a cheeseburger. They're good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> see um, what I mean? I'm that guy. I am Tyler, hmm. and I hate myself for it. I just think I think it would have been a great point that like when the guys are just like we helped you get through COVID and he's like you wanted substitutions there, there are, are no, no substitutions. substitutions. Um, oh god, I, I, I love think it'd that. be it would have been great if they're like 
Does anybody tell him how we substituted the halibut for cod? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're saying that on the phone. What if there? What if it actually was cod? <laughs> just no one told right. Chef Voldemort. I just think it'd be funny if like Chef Voldemort didn't know that that rich son of a bitch actually is rich for a good reason, <laughs> and it's because he runs a fish farm and he knows his shit. No, no, I'm pretty right. sure that was cod. No, 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 no. That I'm was pretty, cod. Pretty sure that, that was, was cod. No, get in the ocean. No, it would have been great because it would have been like an imprint, uh, an unstoppable force. It's an immovable object, and oh, it's just like I wish he would have just been more certain about him, just a little bit more like assertive. Like, no, that was that was cod. No, that was cod. What if he just gaslit like, Chef Voldemort? Like, I don't. I know. <laughs> listen, listen. Look. Okay, we were both there, but we both seem to have different memories of what happened. And since we right. don't have any proof of what actually went down. You know, we we just got to rely on our own perceptions and yours might be a little flawed. You know, you you cook a lot of meals here. I've only had a few meals here. So, you know, just just in terms of percentages of our time here, I, you know, that was a percentage of more of my my time here. So, but I think it that's all to say that's cod. That was cod. If if they get into like a match of wits. Right. <laughs> and so it's just like it's just like uh, it was halibut. No, no, that was that was cod. Are you sure no, you was- know what halibut is? It was halibut. And it's like, no, you did your research on me, right? Like, you know, like, I'm not trying to be a dick. You know who I, what I do, right? And he's just like, yeah, you're a rich guy who comes to my fucking restaurant 11 times a year. He's like, yeah, you know why I'm rich? Because I run a fish farm. That was cod, my friend. (laughs) I know what cod is. Oh, I love that. That was cod. Yeah. And then like the, 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 the fucking yuppies who like helped them get through COVID are like, yeah, we we have a confession to make. Uh, I know you said no substitutions. Make, remember when you said no substitutions? Well, we substituted the halibut for cod, and we just didn't Listen, tell you. you got to understand, halibut is very expensive. It's so fucking expensive, and we didn't think you would notice. And clearly, we were correct. We just didn't know. We just didn't know it yeah. would lead to this. I don't... And wouldn't it be great if it wasn't... It was just all about the, the fucking halibut for him? It was never about, like, he's just fucking pissed about the halibut. Yeah. He's like, that motherfucker doesn't know fucking halibut. I'm going to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> you know. You don't know. But it's just like, eventually the rich guy is just like, here, here, get me, get me some, make some cod for me and make some halibut. Yeah. Blind taste and test this shit. Let's really like this. At this point, I don't care if I live or die. Let's just get this figured out. Right. Yeah. And then, like, they do it. I don't care if I refi- live or let die, if you will. Wow, Alec, that. <laughs> oh, that's a spicy meatball you just threw at me. You and... know what part I really liked? And I, and I did, still, I did I'm tell you. I'm still digesting the live and let die. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. We're still there. Hold on. Give me a sec. The part that I really liked. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Just because okay. the imagery was really good and, like, just. Fucking. It was just you, such an I thought ice you were making bath. A wings. I thought you were making a wings reference. No, no. How, when has anyone ever made a wings reference, Gavin? The The Simpsons. Well, I, I I've never seen The Simpsons. What's that? I haven't heard of them. Hardly know her. But anyway, anyway, as you were saying. Anyway, um, I like it because it's really powerful imagery and like it's just such an ice bath for the for the characters. But the part where they have the right. the tortillas. Yeah, there's like the the old couple gets the like a, a picture etched in it with a, like a laser 
etch thingy laser cutter whatever um yeah yeah thingy it's got you know, they do it with the thingy um the the old couple gets a picture of the guy with the you know, the the main lady uh, Margot Margot but her name wasn't actually Margot yeah it was actually Aaron um yeah a picture of him with Margot um you know soliciting her services and the lady's like who the fuck is that I, she looks my, exactly like our daughter yeah and then there was one who died of, uh, you know Margot and Tyler get tortillas one of them has uh, a picture of tyler taking a photo of his food which he was expressly told not, told not to. to and i think that's more of his character flaw more than the oh yeah also, just really appreciating food also he's I like think oh, i'm sure like, chef won't mind well like it's not even that it's just like you don't have a right to worry about how much how mad the chef is at you when you expressly did what he told you not to do exactly well also like it kind of you know it kind of plays into his whole surface level his whole surface level appreciation of food because you know he acts like he oh you know he he respects it as an art form but really it's just it's not like a social status thing it's more of like an internal like oh i'm so smart kind of status symbol for him self-aggrandizing self-aggrandizing exactly but he doesn't care about the art because they explain the the staff explain that the chef doesn't want you to take photos of his food because it, you know, it, it violates the ephemeral nature of it, which right. whether you think that's pretentious or not, like respect, respect the kitchen's rules, respect right. the chef as an artist, especially with this like high end establishment where the food is art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he serves yeah. like sauce with no bread as like an artistic statement, which I thought was cool. I thought that was a cool, yeah. you know, thing like uh, I'll I'll say why I like that in a second, but yeah, he doesn't appreciate the art of it. He just wants to feel smart. But yeah, the reason I really like the bread thing, and I completely forgot about it until just now. But I really liked that he's like, yeah, you know, for millennia, bread has been the food of you know the poor. Like only you know, it's it's like the one thing that if you have like very little resources, you can have that at least. Like the ancient, you know, Romans or whatever dipped their bread in, you know, their stale bread and wine for breakfast. It's been, you know, a, a symbol of the proletariat for a long fucking time. You fuckers, you want to think you're so different. You want to think you're so above, you know, the, the poor, the working class, so on and so on. You think you're, you're so high and mighty, you know, with all your, your money and all that. Well, you don't fucking get bread. You don't get bread because you think you're so different. You think you're so much better. You think you're better than bread. So you don't get bread. You better not fucking complain when you don't get it. I like that. I like yeah. what it, you know, like what it, what it meant for the characters. I, I thought that was cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, You know, I like how he, I like how like jealous Tyler gets of Margot. Oh, dude. Oh, dude, he freaked out so bad. He fucking got pissed. Dude, when he called her a child, especially, okay, like, I don't know. He's projecting. He He's projecting. hard projecting. Well, I, that was before we knew what exactly their relationship was. Like, that was before we knew that he hired that her she was a, to go yeah. with him. And it was originally supposed to be his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, and then she broke up with him. I don't know if probably it makes because it... he was kind of a probably, snooty yeah. asshole. No, for sure. Um, 
he's the kind of guy to go to a restaurant where it, they say you're going to die. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it makes it better or worse. Like the fact that they're not even like dating or anything that he mm-hmm. freaks out on her like that. Cause like, yeah, like on the one hand, like that's a stranger to you. <clears throat> like you have no right to call a stranger. Yeah. Like a child, say a they're child. Acting like a child freak out on what him like that. What if he's seen her but before? But it, do- it wouldn't be any better if it was what his girlfriend. What if he's girlfriend. used her services before? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know how that would, ref- would uh, affect the dynamic. But yeah, dude, that, oh, that meltdown. That was that was yeah. kind of hard to watch. I was like, oh, yeah. just oh, just be normal, please, just be normal. What about when they cut off that guy's finger? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I kind of like. Okay, first of all, I side with him. Okay, I side with him for wanting to escape and all that. But mm. I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny that she's like, okay, sit down, or or, or what, what do you what do you what do you think you can resist us or whatever? He's like, yeah, I want out of here, and she's like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to sit down? And he's like, you know, I want to get out of here. And she's like, well, well you think you can handle it? That's that's the the phrasing. Do you think you can handle it? He's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle this. All right. Left ring finger. Well, no, and she asked they, him what, which hand. Which oh, finger? which hand do you want to handle this with? Left hand. And she's like, okay, left ring finger. And then they bring him back to the table, put his hand down on the thing, chop it off. I the the first word that comes into my head is I, I want to say I thought it was funny, but I feel like that's not the right word to use. But there, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I think it was kind of funny how Tyler th- throughout the whole thing was just like, oh, yeah, this food is delicious. Dude. Oh, yeah. He was like so like dissonant through the whole thing. He was like, oh, yeah, it's all part of the experience. It's all theater. Oh, it's part of the right. It's part of the art. He's committing to the bit. Yeah. Yeah. I like the part where um he gets stabbed in the thigh and then yeah. Chef Voldemort gets stabbed in the thigh. But I just the whole thing where it's just like if I were there, right? Gets stabbed in the thigh and he's like, Okay, I'm gonna let all the guys you can just try to escape. I don't you tried. Fuck it, who cares? I just try to escape. I would have just been like, you know, I feel like I feel like you planned this. And I feel like you yeah. made it so there's no way for me to escape. If I have to go, I will. I'll take a nice like walkabout. And you can come and get me when you need me. Um, but I'm just going to kind of have a glass of wine, a nice glass of wine, take yeah. a little walk. Is that fine? Is that okay? Yeah. Can I do that? In that scene, like, I, I think the reason that Tyler doesn't, like, run away like the other guys is because he's like, oh, no, but, like, I'm different. Like, Chef likes me. Chef, chef likes me. I understand. Right. I understand the culinary arts. I'm not like these other guys, so I don't need to, I don't need to run away. Yeah. But he's like, no, um, no, 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 you too. Two, go, you too. run. No, it's, yeah. it's weird because it's like, I would have been like, so are you, are you suggesting? Or are you telling? Just, just are you suggest, run. Are you suggesting run. I run? Are you telling me to just, go to run? God, for the love of God, just run away. Okay. I'll just have some wine I'll kill first, you right or... here if you don't run away. I mean, don't do me any favors. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they all, all the girls go in. They have like a girls thing going on. That was And nice. I think it's funny. I, I thought it was nice because it was like, it got away from all the like, oh my God, we're going to die. And well, it also makes it like, scarier because it like humanizes the staff like right. a little bit further. Cause like at least if you don't know anything about them, you're just kind of like, oh, these are like a force of nature. Like these are just some faceless people that are trying to kill me. 
But when you like get to know them as people, it makes it that much scarier that they still are trying to kill you. Right. Yeah. Well, I love to like they're trying all the food and they're warming up to each like they're genuinely warming up to each other and just having like a nice little chat, right? And they're like, "Wow, this food, this is amazing. This is this foam that you made is like genuinely amazing." And she starts crying cuz she's all touched. And it's kind of sad, but also kind of funny I, too. I read that, that as like, fake crying. I thought it was real. No, because she was like, was... "Oh my god, that means that. Oh, that used to mean so much to me." Well, no, at like, that's kind of how. And then it she went. started crying. Oh, did she? And I thought yeah, I thought the crying first. was first. I thought sounds the like neither was of us know what actually went down. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, but, it was I, cod. Actually, it was cod. Um. I just and love he how says that it like happens. That. What? Actually, actually, it was cod. It was cod. Um, but they're they're chatting, and one of the rich ladies is like, "We can we can help you if you let us live." And she's just like, "Oh no, the killing was my idea." Oh, that was so great. And I was like, "Oof, dude, get I... fucked." <laughs> as, as, you thought as Haley and I were thought... watching the movie. Oh, it was so funny. As we were watching the movie, first of all, I was like, <laughs> okay, I know I am being Tyler right now, but, uh, you know, and I realize it goes against the point of the movie to try to predict what happens next. I get that. But what I think is going to happen is Chef Voldemort is going to rediscover the magic of cooking. And then, you know, he's going to have his Ratatouille moment. And he's going to be like, actually, I choose life. And then the chef lady is going to be like, no, 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 no. Commit to the bit. We're all going to die. Come on. You agree to this. And then I thought that was going to be like the third act, like battle, if you will. Nah. 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 He was in it. But I, I just love that bit. And then like, it's it's funny how like, even though the, the like caterers uh, uh, and waiters know like that they're going to die, they still like are kind and courteous. Well, yeah, that's their job. I know, yeah, but like it's like yeah, we're gonna like, die. The, but like, you know, why not do be like, job. why not be like the guy's trying to leave? Sit the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> you are going through with this. <laughs> Sit down, motherfucker. <laughs> I I think that would have been funny, but no, they're just like chop off his fucking finger, and they're like, "Can I help you back to your seat?" And it's like, "You chopped off my fucking finger." <laughs> I loved watching the decline of uh, what's her name. Like the main staff lady, um, you know the one that like greets them as they go to the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like she was. She, she was gets progressively good. more unhinged until the end, where Chef is like, "This fucking imbecile forgot the the barrel or whatever it was." And she's and she's ugly like, too. Yeah, and she's ugly and she stinks. And she's not a good cook. And I think she should have made the mess. <laughs> yeah. And then later on. As she's trying to stab Margot to death, she's like, I know, I know I didn't forget the barrel. The chef forgot to give, tell me to get it. Like, dude, that, oh, that must be, that, that would fuck with you being in that fuck. situation. Well, that's how you know someone's just a fucking jerk off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and that's, that's I, why, like, why I, didn't you get the barrel? That's part of like the, the whole, like, you know, Chef Voldemort isn't immune from criticism thing. Cause like, mm -hmm. he is also flawed. He probably didn't tell her to get the the barrel. Yeah. 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 And he drove this woman to absolute insanity. Right. 
And it's weird because it's almost like like the guy who who made the mess, right? I feel like he didn't mean enough to the to to the chef, um, to like at least torture. You know what yeah. I mean? Who made Whereas, the, what what mess? I, I'm I don't remember the. Oh, oh, the when he uh when he did the yeah. thing that you can't show on YouTube, right? And at, at least with this lady, I think he he cared enough about her to sadistically keep her around just to maniacally toy with. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you will. Say what you will about chef Voldemort. Also, I love that we have never referred to him by his actual name. Say what you will about chef Voldemort. It's like Julian something. Julian, Julian something. Say what you will about chef Voldemort. Not the most stable person. I would say. (laughs) No, yeah, no, no, it's just weird when so. someone is clearly insane, but like is going about it in a completely sane way. Yeah, no, that's like that's that that's what I love about his performance. He's just right. so like like what he is doing is crazy, but you kind of get behind it, especially when You're he explains like, yeah. like how he used to love cooking, but just everything around him has made him just hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, like you kind of you kind of sympathize with what what he's doing, especially when you consider who is like, you know, who's dining there. But he also has sort of a a, a superiority complex. Yeah, because it's like that's like a human thing that that's not oh, just yeah. something that happens to like geniuses. That's just like how people develop as people. And so, like, I would tell him as like a normal goof on this world i'd be like yeah man join the club yeah like well you think you're the only person who's been burned out you think you're the only person who loved something that they do just to have other people ruin it for them take a fucking vacation dude check your privilege my guy yeah jesus christ yeah well to Um, close it out that's why i I, that's why i like the ending so much because it, it puts him in his place because Margo is like, no, 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 you're fucked up too. These people are fucked up, but you're fucked up too. And you kind of did this yeah. to yourself. Do you you yeah. love cooking? Do you cook with love? He's like, yeah, no, of course I cook with love. No, no, you don't. You cook with obsession, which is it. not the same thing. I don't taste the right. fucking love. Right. And I, I love that moment so much. Like that scene mm-hmm. felt really powerful because it kind of like, it you know, kind of encapsulates the point of the movie, which I, I think... I think the main message is like, you know, art is great. You know, like high art. Find some bitches. You find get some bitches on your dick, um, and <laughs> you know whatever your art of choice is. You know whether it's you know cooking, whether it's movies, you know whatever, whatever your art of choice is. Like it's really cool to have you know these deconstructions, and this is actually a similar point to what I've made in my videos. You know, it's great to have these like artistic deconstructions, right? Like, oh, this is a a deconstruction of an old classic. This is a it's it's spaghetti, but it's upside down, you know, like that's cool Mm -hmm. and all. But sometimes you just want a cheeseburger and you're not above that. Well, that's why I don't like what Tyler did. Like it it really uh, maybe it just shows a character flaw with him. If he was still alive for the final scene, he would be freaking out that she dared to order a cheeseburger from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but, but when 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 the chef is just like Tyler, you're you're one of us. You're one of us. Cook us something. Cook us something, please. Show us how much of a genius you are. Yeah. And he decides to make something that's actually hard to make. Yeah. Even though no, he doesn't cook. Yeah, he doesn't right? know how to cook, but he still chooses to cook lamb for some reason. The one of the hardest proteins to make properly. Yeah, like we were talking about this on the phone the other day, but I I like to think I could handle that. I just make some pescetti, you know. I'll just make some eggs. I'd make some some easy over eggs. Yeah, I can do that. The way my the way I make them because that's how I like them. Yeah, and it's good. It's just it's a good it's a good little bit of food. You know, it's not right. the fanciest actually, thing. It's not fish eggs, but it's something. No, I would ask them. Like I know exactly what kind of bread I would want because it's simple. Because yeah. it's simple. It's like, hey, I just need uh, some slices of baguette toasted, um, but don't toast them just yet. I'll let you know when I want them toasted. Um, two eggs, some butter, some salt, maybe some pepper too, if I'm going to be fancy here. Uh, a nonstick pan and... Um, you know, it'd be a good candidate. Uh, what are those? What? You know, it'd be a good candidate for a little recipe to make for that. What? And it's more of a snack thing, but get... Get a couple slices of uh, sourdough bread. That's my bread of choice, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, spray some avocado oil on it. Throw, mm-hmm. you know, put some uh, Morton makes nature seasoning. It's like a seasoning mix. Put that on it. Stick it in the air fryer. Put it on like I think it's like three twenty. Use like the bread setting, but instead of eight minutes like it is on our air fryer, set it to four. So it's like I, I think like three twenty for four minutes. Comes out nice and toasted. Dip it in some hummus. It's amazing. And it's like, like, it's simple. It's simple enough that you can make it, but it has, you know, it's got spices. It got seasonings in it. You know, it's, it's, I think fancy enough that it could be in that place as, as something. Exactly. I think it would have been, because, okay, we talked about this on the phone too. I think it would have been great when he was like trying to name off all the ingredients he needs. And he was like, ah, uh, shit. Yeah. And he's like, you want shit? You want shit? You want, you want shit? shit? I can eat some Being shit. Being a dick. And I know he totally would have too. Totally would have done that <laughs> He would have dropped like, his drawers need, right there. He would have been like, give me the pan. Need, give me the pan. I need, I need a fucking turd right now. But I think it would have been great if Tyler just like was a fucking sly son of a bitch. And he was just like, actually, yeah, I need some no, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. You got it right. Yeah. No, you, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Give me some shit. <laughs> and it's just like here you go here's your meal it's a fucking turd you fucking asshole because <laughs> you're an ass like and the second tyler figures out the second he figures out that uh, chef voldemort is just trying to be a dick right and it's just trying to make tyler like put tyler in his in his place he should have just been like actually yeah i do need human shit yeah <laughs> actually better yet I need shit and rat poison, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah, yeah. Can I get some some shit with rat poison sprinkled on top of it with the side of mouse trap? <laughs> with the side of, of mouse trap palate, on your balls. Which is a palate cleanser, because I have a shot of my own piss I want you to drink. <laughs> Actually, can I <laughs> you said you said any ingredient, right? Any, any, any ingredient, right? Yeah. Can I have a gun? Can I have a gun to shoot you with? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> apparently have a, have shit's a, on the menu so anything fucking goes in this kitchen anything any, i can get anything yeah anything can I, like a grenade like <laughs> can i get that actually actually hang on i i want a million dollars first <laughs> i need a million i need a million dollars tax-free in a swiss bank account uh 
And if I, I had two wishes. <laughs> if I had two wishes. <laughs> no, he just like, he points out one of the waiters, uh, waitresses, and he's just like, uh, anything? And he's like, oh, I can eat anything here. I can eat anything, right? <laughs> and he gives him can like I, the eyebrows perk I, up. Can I have your ass? Your ass, can chef? I, can I tap? Can your I tap chef, that? Chef ass? Ass can chef? I, can I eat can chef I ass? Suck your dick? Can I fucking. Can I. Can I fucking. That'd be funny if he like jerks off to completion into the drink. The remaining and like hour there. and a half is just simulating chef. I think it'd be funny. Ass, chef? Suck, suck meat? Meat? Chef meat? Can I, can I have chef, chef's meat, please? <laughs> oh, what if you were just like, hey, okay, so for this next meal, I'm going to make human. I need your penis. <laughs> I'm going to cook your penis. Anyway. Testicles. Anyway, before we got derailed, I was talking about the final scene. <laughs> and I was saying to close it out, here's why I like it so much. To close out this segment. Um, no, I really like that. I like how it, you know, kind of solidifies the message which is just yeah cool deconstructions awesome high art whatever sometimes you just want a cheeseburger and like when i was watching it i was like oh my god she's doing the cheat code she's doing the cheat code and when she's like yeah can i get can i get that to go you said anything right can i get that to go and then he just lets her go <laughs> but i like to think i like to think he does it for a reason and that is He's just like, oh, yeah, no, no, all everyone here deserves to die. I mean, maybe not my kitchen staff, but, you know, down with the ship. Oh, right? I remember the scene. I remember the scene. That okay, was let really me good. let me finish. Let me, okay. Let me finish, you bastard. Um, <laughs> But I like to think he's like, okay, yeah, everyone here, we're kind of on our way out. But no, this, oh, she has hope. She has made me realize the error of my ways. Oh, my God, I love cooking again. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, she should, she deserves to be in the world. Okay. And I like to think that's why he let her go. But anyway, what, what part did you remember? And then when we will actor, talk about when, what next oh, week's movie is. When that actor is like, hey, Chef Voldemort, why do I, what, I know I get why I have to die. I get why these people have to die. Why does my assistant have to die? She's my oh, assistant. Oh, I forgot no, no, about no, no. that. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me say this. He's like, why does my assistant have to die? She did, she's just here. And he's like. Mm, what what's your name? She's like, yeah. Dude, let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> he's like, here. What college? What college did you go to? She's like, Brown. And he's just like, student loans. No. And then he said, and then he said, up yours, woke moralists. <laughs> we'll see who cancels who. He's wait, yeah. wait. He said, you're ugly. You are disgusting. I'm gonna kill you. Give me two hundred dollars. Student loan debt. It's in no, my contract that I have die. to use the sound pads. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, this, I this died is my then. reaction. I would have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, if I were in that room too, if I were there, I think it would have been funny if like there was one dude with like a fucking twisted sense of humor. Dude, I, I would have been like, that- <laughs> <laughs> I would have done one of those. <laughs> I think it would be funny if he was just like, what crowd you go to? She's like, Brown. He's like, student loan debt? No, you're going to die. And you just hear someone in the background go. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> and then you just hear him yell, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I wish I could have been there. Just like, 
Fuck you, lady. Oh. I know I'm gonna die too, but that was that was worth it. That was that made it all worth us, it. We have fun here, even though we're gonna die. We have yeah, fun here. We have fun here. <laughs> Guess uh, what? Crazy. Benefits <laughs> everybody. Hurts nobody. All right, that's en- that's enough of that. We, we no have more. We, we have fun here. I would ask him to make turkey. Oh, look at these turkeys. <laughs> look at these turkeys. <laughs> I think it would have been great, though, if it's like he he makes the burger and she's like takes a bite. And she's like, oh, this is good. And she's like, could you use some paprika? You have some paprika? And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, paprika. Do you have some paprika? It'd be really tasty on this. And he's just like, you know, of all the spices that we have, we actually don't have paprika. Um, <laughs> you know what? You shit. got me. You can leave. You now. got me. You're free to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you beat the system. Ah, oh, fuck. Wow. Shit. I mean, and he like looks at the assistant sous chef, and he's just like, "How do we forget fucking paprika?" <laughs> anyway, how do we forget that? Anyway, best movie ever. I would say oh, it was actually best one of the movie better ever. Ones. Best I, burger ever. I. It looked really good. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I wish someone. I wish someone would like do an interview with the the actress who played Margot and be like, "Hey, did." How was the burger actually, though? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, that's it. Was look if if my approximation is anything close to what it was on set, you know. Well, I mean, on set they use fake food and all that, and you know it's actually made of cardboard and asbestos. But you know, in the movie, if if it's anything close, it's delicious. It's immaculate. It's so yeah, that looks wonderful. so fucking good. So good. Holy shit! If I had more ground beef, I would make another one right after this recording. Yeah. Dude, yeah. caramelize those fucking onions, dude. Oh, fuck. Well, I don't like onions. But when they get caramelized, it's delicious. Well, I'll just, I have caramel syrup. <laughs> Not the same thing, but. Well, what do you know? Fine, use onion what? powder. Up yours. Up, up yours, yours woke moralists. Up yours, woke moralists. Anyway, <laughs> best movie ever. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. I think, I think more than just the content of the movie, I think we, it, it. We've, we were able to make some really funny fucking bits out of it. I think so. Yeah. And they didn't I drag on too long. Funny. Nothing like, yeah. ugh, excuse me, nothing like that. Well, I like how the movie in and of itself is like something that doesn't try to draw itself out. It knows what it is. And oh, it's yeah. like, okay, you no, get I the point. That. Let's end this. You're done. We're done. We're, fun. Was, we're done. It was, it was paced fun. pretty well. We had, yeah, it was. It was it over really two good, hours. Like, but like, yeah, it, no, it had it, a really good pacing. It got to it. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, this week, two movies have like dug me out of a rut. This movie and the movie I will suggest for next week, Glass Onion, the emoji movie. a Knives Out story. Oh. Um, so you mentioned uh, the other day you have not seen Knives Out. I have not. How fucking dare you? Anyway, that's not the movie we're wa- going to watch next week. We're going to watch Glass Onion, Netflix original. I am still lobbying, along with Ryan Johnson, the director, for a physical release Please, God, make it happen. But for now, it's just on Netflix. If you don't got Netflix no more, you know, I can't condone piracy in a legal sense. Morally, I can say, you know, you know, if, 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 they, if they increase the price of Netflix and they make it so you can't share your password, you know, they, they kind of make the consumer have less uh, legitimate choices to watch the movie. So, you know, pushes the people into the uh, underground markets. In a very similar way that Prohibition did for alcohol, and uh, yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna die on that hill. Um, so password sharing I is the same as 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 repealing an amendment. 
Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's just very unfortunate that so many consumers have to resort to piracy for this movie when, if Netflix decided, those people could buy a legitimate copy. They could buy a Blu-ray copy. That's all to say, you know, pay, pay, pay uh, I'm going to try to say this with a straight face, pay for Netflix to watch Glass Onion. Anyway, you want to get to recommendations of the week? Yes, please. Yeah. So I have a couple uh, a couple show recommendations. Um, I'll start with a new show that I uh, I watched a couple weeks ago. It's called Smiling Friends. It's like a it's like an adult cartoon kind of, but it's not like the horrible wave of adult animation that we've gotten in the past few years. Um, it's actually pretty good. It feels like really you know genuinely creative. Um, it's kind of a little twisted. Like the first episode. So uh, backing up. The premise, the very loose premise is there's these two cartoon guys and they have a whole, you know, supporting cast. But these two cartoon guys that work for a a company called Smiling Friends and their whole job is to, like, find people that aren't smiling and make them smile in one way or another. And the first episode is about like they like they get a call from this guy from this this lady and she's like, my son has been a. He's been depressed in his room and uh, they get there. The lady's like 150 years old and you're like, she's, she's fucking old. Then they, uh, they go into the son's room and he is just like a 50 year old man at just the entire time. Um, I'll send you a picture. Hold on. Smiling friends gun guy. Here, I'll just Google it. Smiling friends gun guy. Let me, let me send you a picture. Let me send a picture to the chat. Um, the entire time he's standing uh, just with a gun to his head. Hold on. Let me find the fucking stuff we send during the show. I just Googled it. I found look it. Look at that. No, look at what I sent. So, you know, it's it's kind of dark. Show can get a little twisted. Um, but no, it's really good. It's a really where, good show. Where is stuff we send during the show? Hmm? What you send it to? I send stuff it to we send stuff we send during the show. Yeah, I've already. Yeah, I just Googled it. I yeah. found it already. Well, I also sent it to you. So, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. kind of an example of yeah of the tone of the show, and uh, he ends up shooting like a pest that's in in their walls at the Smiling Friends building, and then he decides he likes life again, so he becomes an exterminator works, where he yeah. just he just shoots um, pests in people's houses. But yeah, there's only like. I want to say like nine episodes and they're all like 10 minutes long. I hope yeah. it gets a Blu-ray release. Um, they might wait until season two and kind of bundle it just because like it's not a lot of content. So it it's less justified, you know, to like warrant a, a physical release, just season one on its own. But hopefully eventually. But anyway, my second show that I want to recommend it's a lot more popular. Uh, Nathan, for you, I believe, Gavin, you've heard of it. You you know about like dumb Starbucks. Yeah, that's awesome. I I, I love the dar- the dumb Starbucks episode because it's one of the bits that they do in the show that like got worldwide media coverage at the time. Yeah. So like the whole idea of the show, like the whole premise, is Nathan Fielder. Uh, of rehearsal fame the rehearsal i mentioned that show a long time ago excuse me but yeah this is the show that he did like a decade ago 
on Comedy Central. And his whole thing is he goes to small businesses because he went to business school. He goes to small businesses that have whatever, you know, some problem. Like, hey, we don't get enough customers. Right. We, you know, we got this issue, whatever, whatever it is. And he proposes like an outlandish solution. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, sometimes the business <laughs> owners go along with it. Sometimes they don't. But it's sometimes always poop flavored ice cream. Sometimes yeah. it's not. Well, like one of one of them was an ice cream shop and his solution um, to like, I guess, get more customers was to advertise that you can cut in line if you're in a hurry. <laughs> and then like trying to find a definition of hurry. Yeah, no, that's actually what they do. Yeah. So my favorite part of the show is how it just goes off on a tangent. Like it'll be like about the business or about the idea, but then it'll like laser focus on one person. So for this episode, yeah. they uh, they had like Nathan typed up like a criteria of what like in a hurry means because anyone can say they're in a hurry, but like it was like yeah, if you have a doctor's appointment or if you got to pick up your kids or whatever or you know whatever, there was like a, a short list of things that qualify as being in a hurry, and there was one guy that wanted to cut in line and he was like yeah i have a, I have a doctor's appointment actually and i gotta i gotta i'm suddenly remembering it was a hot dog place not that that matters at all and i didn't need to uh say that but for the sake of honesty it was a hot dog place okay get off my back but he's like yeah i have a doctor's appointment and i gotta go so he cuts in line and he gets his food and he is like yeah i gotta go like right now it's at three o'clock and nathan is like watching him like, just eating there. He doesn't leave with the food. He sits there and he eats for, like, a half hour. He's like, hey, it's, it's, it's 3.30. Why isn't this guy Why isn't this guy gone? And then he, like, follows him after he leaves the place, finds out he went to a movie after. He's like, this guy doesn't have a doctor's appointment. So he then, I'm, and I'm kind of trying to remember what happened off the top of my head, but basically... He then kills the guy's dog. Yeah, he kills the guy. Kills the guy's dog. dog. Um, No, that's the police you're thinking of. Um, Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Well, anyway, so he like gets this guy's information, sends him like a thing in the mail that's like, "Hey, we're gonna," or he like calls him up. He's like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you a ride on this boat because you were the the millionth customer for this business. We're gonna take you on a boat ride, and we're gonna we're gonna look at these turkeys." So he takes this guy out on a boat. And while they're out on the water, he's like, look, you're not actually the millionth customer. We don't have you here to give you a prize. Actually, I'm here to teach you a lesson about why it's bad to cut in line when you're not actually in a hurry. And he's like, behind this curtain, pull the curtain back. Those are three people that you cut in front of at the hot dog store at the hot at the hot dog place and like one of them's like a child one of them's like a like a single mother or whatever uh, just like these three people that you feel bad for and he's like oh oh uh okay and he's like tell them you're sorry he's like oh sorry guys and like he his reaction is like why did you you're this is you're weird for this why did you do this and nathan's like yeah, so we sorted this guy out. <laughs> and I just love that. I love the show so much. Anyway, I feel like I took too long to explain that episode, but I I just love the show so much. 
Um, but anyway, the one that I wanted to talk about is the dumb Starbucks episode. Basically for that one, he's trying to help a coffee shop and he uses parody law to basically steal Starbucks branding, but he has to set a precedent for it being a parody. So he has to go out and actually be a parody artist. And the guy that who, who owns the business ends up backing out. So Nathan's like, actually, I'm going to open my own business place and uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do dumb Starbucks. And like it gets national attention, gets international attention, and uh, people think it's like a Banksy art piece. It's great. Um, my favorite part is someone's like, "Wait, so you so you sell food here, but you're you're not Starbucks. Like, do you follow sa- like food safety regulations?" And he's like, "Well, technically, this is an art gallery, so we don't have to follow any health standards." Technically, I'm selling you art that you are choosing yeah, te- to consume yourself. Technically, this is an art display. But yeah, that's that's a great episode. Anyway, my third recommendation. Then I'll be done. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Gavin. I was trying to talk to Gavin about this on the phone earlier. Um, D- DC put out a new Superman number one. Got it right here. Even though this is an audio only medium. I don't know why I felt the need to hold it up to the camera. But uh, it's a good, it's a good Superman number one. It's a good reintroduction to you know his series. I really, I have not been following him in the comics in any recent years whatsoever. So I don't, I'm not up to date on the lore. But it was a good like entry point. It was, it was decent. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it. I, the, the writer on the series has a really good understanding of the character. I think. Uh, like there's like it's it's not just like oh my my action figure can punch your action figure and and, he's, and he shoots his laser eyes at the the whatever like there's very little of that compared to just like interpersonal act uh, interactions which I like like there's one part where he's talking to the new police chief and he's like hey I've heard a lot of good things about you awesome nice to meet you anyway and he's like overhearing a couple like in the in the distance and they're like oh no we don't have anyone to officiate our wedding the officiator canceled what are we gonna do and so superman is like i'll talk to you later police chief but it sounds like something is a job for superman and then he officiates may i interject may i interject for a moment and then the next page is a it's like a montage two blocks over a man is getting mugged and it's a montage of photographs and the man has children and the man got shot by the mugger and it's stomach. just Superman hanging out and with these people. And guess who wasn't there to help nice. him when he needed it? Superman. And I feel like that is like it, it, that's not really what the story is about. Like you just you're like yeah he, he saves people all the time, but like what is he supposed to not sleep? You know what is he supposed to always be like rushing around like? Like a big part of the character is like, yeah, you can't save everyone, but he does his best. And like the point of that interaction with like the wedding thing is to say like, yeah, you know, nothing is too small for Superman to help out with. You know, he's he's grounded. He's like, you know, he's he's he is one of the people, basically. And I like that. But what if he was a Scientologist? Then I I guess he'd be a Scientologist. I don't know. (sighs) I mean, Scientology is more valid of a religion within the DC universe than Christianity, because at least they know aliens exist. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, there would for sure be all kinds of different like new scam religions that pop up in that universe. 
Oh, for one hundred percent. Like Lex Luthor would be making his own religion. Yeah, actually, um, you're actually Superman comes to your aid quicker if you give me money. Right. Yeah. But anyway, you got a recommendation of the week. Yeah. So Douglas Adams, he's the author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and um, you know, we talk a lot about Jordan Peter uh, Peterson and how Jordan Peterson often makes like evolutionary claims about like how people are supposed to be based on science Sorry, and evolution. Not beautiful. Right. Um and I just love these little stories and anecdotes from Douglas Adams because it just shows how like yeah, nature doesn't have to fit our very narrow view on what thing how things are supposed to be. Our yeah. very societally um uh subjective uh, uh opinion on what things are supposed to act like. Um, so there's a species of bird, uh, called the, uh, uh, cac- cacapo, I think is how it's I, I could not pronounce that any better. Um, and it lives actually in, in New Zealand and it's a little island off of New Ze- Zealand and this species of bird, um, they, they have males and females and the males do this, um, mating call. That's just a bass sound. Um, the the issue is um you can't determine what direction bass sounds come from it's just a little quirk of like how sound works second the female birds don't actually like the sound how it sounds right right so um, well to back up so like you were explaining this uh you know, while I was on the way home, uh, slightly before we started recording. So, like, they evolved on an island with a limited amount of resources, right? Oh, yeah. So, so the whole point yeah. of that is to evolve to not reproduce as much to keep their population to, in check. Right. And that's just kind of how they do it. And that's right? why, like, the, the male birds developed that particular mating call. And the, right. the female birds developed to not like that mating call. Well, it's like just to make it harder to reproduce, mm-hmm. right? And so it's their nature then when when shit gets shitty to make it harder to reproduce because the only way in their in their environment that shit has gotten shitty is if their population is too high. Mm-hmm. Except now they have um, like rats and predators. Before they didn't have predators and the white man came. Oh. Right? Oh, fuck. And so they do this. And uh, Douglas Adams is such a great orator. Orator. Um, because he, he's just like, you know, even when these males do this base call, the females, uh, uh, can't, uh, the, the females don't like it. And even if they did, they wouldn't know where it's coming from. And even if they could, um, they could only, I guess there's another quirk. They only mate during a certain like blooming of a certain fruit. And so it's like all these things that make it just like fucking dumb to mate. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it and when so, evolution goes in a stupid direction. Right. And I was telling Alex on the phone, I was just like, if you took one of these birds and you were like, made it human intelligence, right? So it could speak to us and tell us what's going on. And you're like, why aren't you fucking? They'd be like, why would we do that? That's so stupid. Yeah. What are you talking what, about? Shit's shitty. We you? need to limit our population. Freak. What the hell, dude? So... Hey, you'll I just get like, punched saying that around these parts. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just like how nature's like that and doesn't always fall in un, under uh, uh, human standards of how nature should work. Yeah, that reminded me 
of another video that I watched recently. Uh, it's called The Real Reason the Dodo Went Extinct from Respats on YouTube. It's like a five-minute video, very quick watch. But uh, apparently, and I, I did not know very much about dodos prior to watching that video, but apparently their whole thing is dodos are like the ecologically, like within an ecosystem, they are the most useless animals because the thing is they started out as regular ass birds that just happened to fly to this pretty much deserted island with like no predators or anything. And they were like, why don't we just stay here? Let's just not leave this island. And so, you know, there were, there was generations of, you know, natural selection and they basically evolved to not be afraid of anything because they have no reason to. They're, they have no predators. And they just kind of evolved to just vibe all day and just like snack on like coconuts or whatever. And then the white man came, like you said before, and like they brought predators. <laughs> like they brought yeah. like dogs and shit and like other species of things. And it just like, and also they like, like deforested the area. And I believe they hunted dodos, but don't quote me on that. And yeah, they just kind of went extinct because uh, for for no fault of their own, actually, uh, just right. because the white man came and fucked everything up. And I think that's I, just, uh, I think that's I think great. I want really to have pets. a pet dodo, dude. I another have a pet thing, dodo. I, another thing I just remembered: they're fucking huge. They're like they're six massive. feet tall. Dodos? I believe so. Hold on, hold on. They might be like five foot something, but they're like the size of a person. Hold on. Hold that's on. Kinda, Dodo that's, size. That scares me kind of. Oh, no, they're three feet tall. Oh, never yeah, mind. They're smaller. Never mind. I remember and I thought I remembered in the video, the guy said that they were like big. I mean, as birds go, that's pretty big. That is pretty big for a bird. But yeah, retract what I said about them being huge. But there's but, this one bird that is actually massive. That's like fucking huge. That like, hang on. Look at the tallest bird. No, not that one though. Yeah, look up the tallest bird. Because at least, but, dude, you know what I like on. about dodos? What is that? Like, if you came across one, it would just let you pet it. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to be afraid of you, the white man. Right, he's like, hey, what's up? I don't know your dangers. I'd be like, hey, how are you? And I would hug him, and he'd be like, oh, this is comfy. Yeah. Oh, I just saw a thing on my phone about this, so I will mention it briefly. Brad Wenzel, local comedian, moved out to L.A. a while ago. He's back in the area, at least temporarily. Uh, he has a new special on YouTube. Got shouted out by Patton Oswalt, and that's uh, that's really cool. But yeah, it's called Joke, Joke, Joke from Brad Wenzel on YouTube. And it's uh, it's really good. I watched it the other day. It's great. I, I like to think of him as like a modern day Mitch Hedberg. That's what he kind of reminds me of. He's got yeah. that kind of style to him. So dodos are actually, <laughs> I'm still on dodos. Dodos are actually kind of like, they're they're big, like bigger than a turkey, smaller than an ostrich. Like, look at these turkeys. For scale, there's a lady. Look at these dodos. <laughs> look at these, look at these dodos. Look at these dodos. <laughs> look at these dodos. At these but dodos. they look like they would be tasty. Yeah. I would eat one. I want to, I just out of curiosity. Right. So wait, hold on. If you, okay, you take the dodo out of extinction and you clone one or something. I wish they would. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of adorable. Um, th that's an endangered species now, right? Like once again, becomes critically endangered. Yeah. And then if you eat it, you've caught, you've done a national 
crime, like international crime of killing an endangered species. We should have made the dodo the national bird. Fuck the eagle. Fuck the turkey. Yeah. Ben dodo Franklin's just weird ass. Just make it the dodo. Dodo be vibing. He's just chilling on yeah. an island. Make it the dodo, the animal that was extinct like 200 years before our nation was founded. Right. Anyway, is there a commotion outside? See you. See nah, you it's, all good. it's fine. Ah, okay. It's all good. With um, that, I think that's the show. I, 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 I think so as well. I think it might be. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of You to Say. If you liked it, then like it. If you subscribe, then subscribe. And if you comment, it better be nice. We have fragile egos. Please, no notes unless they're positive. Share the show with a friend. Tweet our episodes. Tweet our clips. The clips channel is in the description. I'm publishing the Twilight, the third Twilight there the clip there that from when we talked about it i have it up i just need to make a thumbnail for it play the show out loud at work get people to listen force them to and then uh make them subscribe to our patreon for a dollar a month for early access to episodes leave us a review on Podchaser. it's like an imdb type site for podcasts leave us a review on apple on spotify wherever you can if you want or don't eh, whatever who it may help us out it may not i don't know anyway subscribe so you don't miss the next episode turn on notifications for new episodes turn on automatic downloads and let's go look at these turkeys Dean, come on the show. Please. <laughs> Please.